Welcome everyone to the very first episode of the Nerd Corner. My name is Glenn. And I'm Emily. And today we're going to be talking about the tabletop RPG Dungeons and Dragons. Now, this is going to be a topic on this podcast that I know basically nothing about. But on the other hand, Emily, you're... I'm, I'm a giant nerd. I love it so much. Yeah. I have so many emotions <laughs> regarding this game. Um, so I'm just going to tell you what Dungeons & Dragons is and give you a very brief uh, history. Then we're just going to go right for it. Sounds good. All right. So Dungeons & Dragons is a tabletop RPG. That is a collaborative storytelling game. In short, all that means is that you get your friends, you have like a sheet... That'll say some things, and you have some dice, and you just are sitting around a table telling a story. That's all it is. You're just telling a story uh, with your friends and having a grand old time. Dungeons & Dragons was created in 1974 by Gary Gygax and Dave Arson. Try saying that three times fast. Um, So (laughs) these two dudes just got together, and through like years of work and various cons and all this uh, just useless information they created the first edition first edition of dungeons and dragons and from there it has evolved and just skyrocketed with a popularity it moved from just uh nerd culture into pop culture with things like et and stranger things and today you have a lot of DD games like critical role from geek and sundry and then a the adventure zone podcast by the mcal the mcalroy uh, brothers Cool. Yeah. And what uh, what reference to Dungeons and Dragons is in E.T.? In E.T., uh, I was told there was one. I actually haven't seen E.T. in like 10 years, but I was told there was like a bunch of references in like E.T. And there was definitely one in Stranger Things. Um, but if you ever want to like know more and like watch it, because it's actually very engaging, you can go to Geek and Sundry and just watch uh, Critical Role and you'll figure it all out. Cool. That's that uh, isn't Critical Role. I feel like I've heard one of my friends talk about that. That has, uh, what's that guy's name? Matt Mercer? Yes. Uh, the voice actor of Matt Mercer, which you hear in uh, World of Warcraft and a bunch of other games, uh, a lot of Blizzard games in a particular. Uh, him and like, a, like like Overwatch? Like Overwatch, yeah. What does he play in Overwatch? McCree. <gasps> He's McCree. Yeah. Oh, that's like my favorite character. <laughs> Yeah, so he's McCree in Overwatch, and uh, he's the DM for this uh, Dungeons & Dragons campaign with his voice acting friends. And they're just a bunch of nerds who get together and love talking and playing D&D. That sounds a lot like you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Well, why don't we go ahead and introduce our special guest who's been patiently waiting for us to stop talking about everything and let her talk now. What's your name? What's your name? Let's go ahead and introduce yourself here. What's your name? My name's Tiffany. Tiffany what? (laughs) Tiffany what? Tiffany Tharp. Cool. (laughs) All right. All right. So uh, we'll all go around and we'll start uh, just uh, saying what our experience level is. And we'll start with uh, Tiffany. Then we'll go around in a circle. All right. My role's about moderate. I've played a few games. Um, It's more casual for me than it is like in every like week occurrence. So you, you play a lot, basically, or like I have to like counterbalance some... it. Like I've got my video game time, then I gotta have my TV time, and then my Dungeons and Dragons time. That well, that's surprisingly organized. Nice. All right. Well, I try. Yeah. Um, well, like, like I've said before, I have basically no like actual experience playing D and D. 
Um, it mainly comes from having a bunch of friends like Emily who play a lot or even just some um, and just hearing, hearing them talk about it and, and stuff. Like that. That's how I kind of knew about like Matt Mercer. They talk, about, oh yeah, Matt Mercer and how he makes classes or like sub archetypes or something like that just like just for fun. And then he's a voice actor. That's why I was like, oh my gosh, he plays McCree. Ah, oh, that makes me happy. Okay. <laughs> I thought maybe I'd heard him somewhere. Apparently the answer is yes. You, you've heard him a lot of places. Don't worry. <laughs> I'll bet. All right, cool. Well, yeah, I'd, I'm I'm kind of the, the, the what would you call the, the noob? As the D&D. baby? The baby, yes. The baby. You're the baby. <laughs> Very here. much a baby here. Yeah. So uh, I have a lot of experience with uh, Dungeons and Dragons. I started in high school where I've, I had a friend who played. And she basically just grabbed a bunch of us and said, hey, losers, we're going to play Dungeons and Dragons and you're going to like it. Um, and that's how I started <laughs> and I got into it. Uh, basically, that game never started and we all went our separate ways for college. And then she messaged all of us and said, hey, do you want, still want to play that game? Because I still have your character sheets. And I was like, whoa. So I've been playing since I started coming here. So it's been about three years. Uh I've played it in like a variety of games with different uh, systems and, and, and all this stuff. And uh, now I'm a DM myself, which means I run the games. What does DM stand for? It stands for Dungeon Master. And there's also GM, which is Game Master, but they're the same thing. Okay, cool. Potato, potato. So now we're just going to be talking about stories <laughs> and oh. stuff we love about D&D. This is going to get good, I can yeah. tell. You don't know the half of it. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm just going to start off by talking about uh, the first character that I made that I no longer have because she was awful. <laughs> okay. Her name was Charlie. She was a uh, kitsune, which is the Japanese like fox people thing. And she was a sorceress and she was chaotic evil in a good aligned party. Ooh. <laughs> You're screwed. <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, alignment comes into D&D, and it's not too important, but it, it can affect a l- subtle things. The way you act? Yeah, your morality. <laughs> um, basically, there are just nine different uh, categories of morality, and then uh, so it ranges from like good and evil and lawful and... Neutral. No, and chaotic. <laughs> Neutral's in the middle, but lawful to chaotic. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, she was chaotic evil, which is usually referred to as the shame basement of the alignments. Uh, so we so we had, like, a bunch... We bonded as, like, a team, and then I started being more evil and awful, and I might have totally ran off with the bad guy at one point, and then might have retired that character... <laughs> Because she ran away with the bad guy. <laughs> oh yeah, it was it was a it was an adventure and a half. Oh man, that my first character. I wouldn't say mine was as bad as yours, but it was still definitely a challenge. My first character was a tabaxi. Oh, because my character was a tabaxi, they're like cat people for the easiest of terms and one of my problems was that I wanted to steal everybody's magical items because I was just curious like even within your own party yes so you were stealing your friend's stuff yes while they were asleep 
Nice. <laughs> I couldn't steal from one of my friends, though, because they were the crow race. Help me, Ginger. Uh, Kenku. Yeah. And he had a crow that would watch him while he slept. So I never got to steal from him. I really still want to try to, just to see. And I was a chaotic neutral. So it was just chaotic for when I wanted to steal stuff out of curiosity. And then the only other big problem with that character was city vices, man. Drinking. Yeah. My character did not did yeah. not behave. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite things about D&D that I really love is the ability to kind of step into like different perspectives and stuff. Since I've played characters that are so opposite of me as a person, <laughs> like they're awful people. They have all these problems and stuff that I, are things that I would never like do myself or get myself into those situations. So I like to think I have one, morals, two, brains. <laughs> True. Very true. Um, I like to think that I have these things, but that's not always true. So I always find D&D like a great uh, chance to kind of uh, uh, just experience like a different uh, way of not life, but like just a different way of thinking and like acting and just kind of because we all have like a little bit of desire to be just... Like, evil yeah just evil just bad like, yeah this is why we play like video why you go when you go through like a video game to get the evil route because it because you're just like oh, i want to see what happens <laughs> undertale <laughs> <laughs> Undertale, yeah <laughs> i still still cannot beat the uh the genocide route if you ever try good luck it's I've, well nigh impossible I've, I've only seen other people do it uh because i don't play a lot of video games myself which is probably why i'm so into dungeon dragons yeah my brother convinced me to play it and i was like it's not gonna be that interesting and then i got hooked on it and i completed the neutral the good and then i tried to get through the chaotic like genocide oh. mode which just tears at your heartstrings because all yeah. those people you got attached to you're like i have to kill you now and then they they're like oh you're really strong and i died again it's like it's, it's, it turns into Dark Souls, basically. Yeah, it's, it's great. great. It's great. <laughs> you have died. Except it's more heart wrenching than Dark Souls. Oh, far more. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, well, well, here's a question. Okay. Does Does D and D ever get quite that heart wrenching? Yes. Like, if your character, like, I guess, like, do you get really attached to your character? Yes. Uh, right now, the character I'm playing now, I'm super attached to. Uh, if he, like, ever died or anything, which the GM will, like, uh, she's my friend, so if I, uh, so I talk about, like, all, everything I want for my character, like, I want him to find love, I want him to have a family, I want him to get a weird dog as a pet, <laughs> um, so it, it's just all the stuff that I want him to, like, have and hold and, like, the, his happy ending that I've basically built in my brain. Uh, and then she'll be like, yeah, if he lives. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's definitely one because of those. she likes teasing me. She likes hurting me on like a deep emotional level. Yeah, your characters definitely do become like your children and you just want them to progress through life. And it's like when you lose them, you just, it's like you lose a part of yourself because you're like, I poured so much into you. I wanted you to thrive and grow and be you and then it's just like no you're dead now oh man yeah this is a character right now that uh the the one that i'm playing now in uh, a longer term campaign uh this character right now i've had for the better part of two years wow 
Yeah, uh, we're level like eight or something because we, because we're awful and we don't play that that often. Yeah, uh, we don't play too often because there's so many of us and we're all busy. Um, like how often is is not often? Uh, this last break we've taken unexpectedly has been like six months. Oh wow! Yeah. Um, but the game is still going, and we're still, like, on board to, like, see it through to the end. But hmm. it's just that there's literally, like, six or seven people, which is, like, way too much for a party, uh, realistically. If you were going to start, like, a, your own uh, Dungeons & Dragons campaign, I'd say never go past uh, five, and at the lowest, you should have three. That's, like, a good kind of... Cause, uh, the way most systems are set up is that uh, your monsters in your monster manual will be built for three to f uh, five uh, players in a party. So unless you want to start doing like your own uh, mathematics or, or like uh, finagling with, with with your monsters, which you can if you want to, but if you're a first time, you might want to stay away from that and just stick with between uh, three and five. Hmm. And what about what about you, Tiff? Have you had any like really good like campaign? endings or just campaigns in general i guess um i haven't had a good campaign ending yet but it's been hard for me because we've been jumping around who's game master and our friend group and i'm getting ready up for my turn to write it which i'm pretty excited for but like the hard part with my friend group is we're all so close that we like bicker at each other and so like our parties easily get split because some of us have either too close of personalities or too much contrasting. So there tends to be like a struggle on top of because we've had to swap it around so many times that nobody's had that great experience of making a great campaign. So that oftenly, like for example, in my first campaign, we had undead right in the start of the campaign. And if anybody knows anything about the undead, they are mean and yeah. not your first monster you put people up against. Yeah, uh, if you're facing undead as, as a first level, you're about to wipe. <laughs> you're about to uh, TPK, which is a shorthand for total party kill. <laughs> so oh, so TPK means everybody dies. Every, everybody's dead. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, because uh, undead just... Uh, uh, this is getting a bit uh, technical, but undead have certain uh, abilities and traits that make them very hard to kill. And once you start to lose, it's an ex it's a very uh, exponential slope of uh, uh, of of you losing and you not doing well. And it's pretty. Once you start losing, it's very hard to get your feet back on, back under you. Uh, so for any uh, considering DMs out there, if your party is like under like fifth level and they don't have magic items yet, don't throw undead at them. Huh. Because then you just you just die. Yeah, it's very unlikely that you'll uh, survive depending on the circumstances. Hmm. If it makes you feel better, I was the one that got attacked by three ghouls of the undead class and somehow pulled a complete matrix and dodged every one of their hits. Nice. And because um, Taboxis have a speed when in combat, I ran away as fast as I could. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't blame you on that one, being triple teamed. And all my, because part of the issue was as our our party split, because some of us could see that there were un, there were graves, and we were like, we want loot. We're gonna go loot those graves. 
And then our others were like, no, we want to go the clear path and just get, get to the main part of the story. And we were like, no, loot. So that way we can beat it. And we ended up splitting. Luckily, though, because I was able to run farther enough back, I was able to call out to them and be saved. But it was definitely a... Like I said, our party was were very dysfunctional because we are so close. Hmm. Yeah, uh, having a a consistent DM will help with that a lot. Um, a lot of people say DMing isn't like the fun part of Dungeons Dragons. I have so much fun knowing everything that's going to happen and just waving it in front of them, being like, "Hey, hey, guys." <laughs> I feel like that just comes down to the fact of, like you said in the beginning, that this is a story and you're actively writing the story and they're actively charging forward and picking how the story goes by choosing routes and defeating monsters and just picking up quests. Yeah, and uh, as a someone who's uh, has a lot of experience, there's certain terminology that if you pick it up and are able to... Uh, uh, communicate it with your players it helps you like a ton like what's the difference between a uh, railroading and open world mm-hmm. and do you want a single uh, plot line or do you want to give them the choice of uh, finding the plot hooks and choosing their own road hmm. um, yeah uh, since some DMs are like, no, I have a story and you're going to uh, stay on my uh, tracks and we're going to follow this story. And I, if you try and veer off, I will just finagle you until you get back on track and we'll keep going. So like the, the movie The Truman Show. Yeah. Yeah. Like that? Yeah. yeah. That's exactly what I thought of because I can think of like that scene where he wants to leave and like he pulls onto a, a street and it's just like all of a sudden, vroom, a bunch of cars and they just stop moving. He's like, oh, how convenient. I have to go the other way that has water, which I hate. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other way is open world. So uh, open world is a very loose term because as a DM, you might not have the ability to like have like every continent planned out, the entire world entirely fleshed out. But you can basically have a starting area and give them like uh, three or four like uh, plot hooks. And then you can let them kind of uh, snag what they want and let them finish it. Or, or if they get bored, they can drop it and find one of the others and follow that one. Oh. Or if you're like uh, the party that I'm in, you pick them all up and then you finish none of them. <laughs> 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 We're the worst! <laughs> um, so, uh, Tiff, uh, I know that I personally have, like, a bunch of stories of, like, campaigns that I've been in and, like, stupid things that happened. Do you have any stories of stupid things that happened? You mean other than being attacked by three ghouls because you want loot and none of your friends want to help you? I I have a few. Okay. So my... Continuing with that story of the three ghouls after I've matrixed and gotten help and we've murdered them... I loot everything before anybody can touch it because I'm selfish and I wanted to see if any of the items were magic. Sure enough, I got three magic rings. I shared them. I was nice after I got to see them. But our next fight was not so fun and we did lose a friend. It was not great. It was a vampire bat. A vampire bat? Yes. Like a player-controlled vampire bat? No. Probably not. No. (laughs) No. 
I don't um, know if he was like a Dracula type of guy where he can like transform into a bat. I'll let Ginger explain it. <laughs> um, I haven't dealt with vampire bats too much, but the fact that vampire is in the name is a very bad sign for you. Uh, oh, uh, that sounds right. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure it's just a bat that's uh, vampiric and will suck your blood and give you an energy drain of some sort. Uh, I don't know what it's called in 5e, but it's some sort yeah. of bad things happen to you when this thing chomps on you and every attack it probably gives you will have energy drain on it so every attack will just slowly deplete you worse and worse and top of it has higher regen so like it's regening rapidly and it's weaknesses and of course this is going on at night is things like fire and of course we have a dragonborn but he's not fire yeah Oh, he can't, like, breathe fire or something like that? Uh, Dragonborns, I'm not sure if Dragonborns can, because I play Pathfinder. But I know in the one, we have homebrews. In the Dragonborn I play, he, uh, different dragons have different breath weapons. So Mm -hmm. he has a breath weapon based on the dragon that he is derived from. So I believe his breath weapon is Sonic. So literally he just screams, and it's this force of sound that damages people. Yeah, my friend's was electricity. Yeah. Still not fire. It was it was not a lovely battle. We ended up losing our um, half-elf. I wasn't too sad. It was kind of a jerk. The shade. <laughs> well, you see, my character didn't like rich people. Mm-hmm. And... I happen to, this person just happens to be rich, and since my character was abused by a rich person and enslaved by one, I I didn't really feel much when he died, on top of he was really weak, like extremely, like eight health, and he's gone, aka eight hit points. (laughs) So I I wasn't too, too sad to see him go. I was sad that it was so soon in the game because that really sucks getting killed in the start of the game. Yeah. Well, what happens if you die? Like, are you out or do you um, get to make like a new character or something? Uh, like that? It depends on like the type of game and like uh, the situation. You're, yeah. Usually and- DMs will be like, you can roll a new character and join in as someone else and I'll just uh, introduce you and stuff and we'll figure something out. Oh, okay. Yeah. It kind of becomes more of a guild masters or killed masters, game masters yeah. choice. Different game. Yeah. Yeah, literally. <laughs> like if it's a one shot, meaning a D&D campaign that will only meet for one session and everything happens in one session, then you uh, are done. They probably won't have you roll a new character for your one shot. Uh. But one shots are really fun. Very cool. All right. Well, I think we've come to the end. Yeah. <laughs> We've, uh, this is, this is really cool. This is this D&D thing. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting. I was, I was reading a little bit while we were talking that apparently in the 1980s and into the 90s, there was a moral panic. They call yeah. it the, the Satanist scare. Yep. And, uh, apparently D&D got caught right in the middle of it. Yeah. It's, and... Christians could play D&D. I'm Christian and I play D&D. Uh, there's nothing satanic about it. Uh, just like there's nothing satanic about writing a book or sitting around a campfire and talk and telling your your telling your friends about that trip that you did uh, last summer and all and and just kind of 
blowing up some details because wow it was so cool in the moment guys why can't you see it like i see it so if telling a story is sinful then honestly uh we can't even read the the, the bible so that, that's a good point the bible is basically a collection of stories yeah <laughs> but they were inspired by god it's pretty yeah. cool all right well thank you everyone for tuning in to the nerd corner thank you again tiff for showing up and being willing to deal with us for... we love you too we love you we appreciate you <laughs> i love you gengar you're my gengar i'm a ginger <laughs> we love her okay yeah, we're closing yes, now we do. all right thanks again everyone and tune in next time when uh we will be talking about video games particularly overwatch yes i know about overwatch so we'll have an expert who knows even more about overwatch than i do It'll be great. Yeah, so tune in next week. We'll be talking about uh, Overwatch, uh, esports, and video games as a whole topic. So if you're re- so if you're interested in that and want to hear me be like the idiot, then tune in n- next week, and it'll be a great uh, podcast for you to listen to. We'll see you next week, same time, same channel. Bye. Bye.